Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing. Jesus is coming again. From Los Angeles, California, we present the program of the Voice of Prophecy. A voice crying in the wilderness of these latter days, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. And now we invite you to listen to the King's Herald's Quartet as they sing, My Father Knows. which art in heaven. We thank thee that thy spirit is the almighty power of thy word, by which all things were created and are upheld. It fills the universe, bringing thy presence to all creation and the experience of all thy creatures in touch with thy heart of love. And thou hast promised to give the Holy Spirit to them that ask thee. Lord, we ask thee to give us of this spirit that rested upon thy beloved Son, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So make us of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. There is a place of Oh, 
Jesus, blessed Redeemer. Sent from the heart of God. Hold us who wait before thee. Near to the heart of God. Greetings to our friends everywhere in all the world, and time for just one comforting story to cheer the hearts of our sacrificing people on the home front whose boys are fighting on dangerous battlegrounds overseas. A courageous praying mother tells about a letter received from her son in the South Pacific. She writes, John was 18 hours in a dirty foxhole, and he was tired, dead tired, simply exhausted. At last, however, he was relieved, and he staggered back to a hammock sprung between two trees behind the fighting lines. Climbing in, he dropped off to sleep immediately. But here is the providential part of it all. He was still asleep a little later when enemy bombers flew overhead and dumped their loads of explosives onto his camp. The bombs fell very close to him, and the miracle of it all was that he wasn't even hit. For while he was sleeping on that old hammock, a voice spoke to him and said in a commanding tone, turn your head, and he did just in time to get out of the way of a falling piece of ugly shrapnel that fell in the exact spot on the hammock where his head had been a few seconds before. Now, friends, this mother's son expresses the firm conviction that God spoke to him by his Holy Spirit on this occasion and thus providentially saved his life, while the mother of our story is confident that this remarkable providence is an answer to her earnest prayers on behalf of the safety of her boy. How thankful we all should be for the comfort and care of the Spirit of God.
thank you, King's Herald, for the comfort of that gospel song. And now, the voice of prophecy with a Bible message for today, our holy comforter. In the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, you read the words of Christ. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. It is not our plan in this broadcast to go into any deep theological exposition of the nature and work of the Holy Spirit, but rather to read from the Bible the wonderful promises concerning our Holy Comforter. After his resurrection, our Savior said to his disciples, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Reading Matthew 28, 18. All power, just think of it. He has all authority over men and angels, all power to execute the decisions of the judgment, because he is the Son of God. On the day of his ascension, Christ said to his faithful disciples, Ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Acts 1.8. The Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit are the same. The word ghost being the old English word for spirit. This promise was fulfilled a little later. For when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together in one place, remember? Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, filled the place where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, reading from Acts 2, 1 to 4. As the fire appeared on Mount Sinai, when God spake the precepts of the Ten Commandments to men, so when the Holy Spirit descended in the fullness of power, the heavenly fire appeared in the upper room. Endowed with that promised power, those humble men filled the whole city with the gospel message. Through the gift of tongues or languages, thousands of strangers gathered for the feast heard for the first time the gospel of Christ, and 3,000 were converted and baptized in one day. Such power is needed in our ministry today. It's not a lack of education which holds back the work of God, not a lack of ability nor a lack of money, but a lack of power. Like the disciples of old, we need to be endued with power from on high. Why do we not recognize our need and pray for the promised blessing which will bring all other blessings in its train? Guided and sustained by the Holy Spirit, those consecrated men went everywhere preaching the gospel, and in one generation stirred the world. The Holy Spirit had come upon them. They were witnesses of Christ right in Jerusalem where he had been put to death, right where his enemies had hoped he would never be mentioned again, then in Judea and Samaria and on out to the uttermost parts of the earth. And Christ's word was fulfilled that when they were brought before magistrates and rulers for their faith, the Holy Spirit would guide them in their answers. Time after time, the humble disciples of Jesus were oppressed by wicked and unreasonable men stoned, whipped, thrown in prison, burned at the stake, beheaded, cast to the lions. But their work went on until the Apostle Paul could say that the gospel had been preached to every creature under heaven. Colossians 1.23 This was accomplished by the power of God and not by the power of man. If the gospel is to go to all the world in this generation, our generation, it must go as then by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. The words of the Apostle Peter in Acts 3.19 indicate that there is to be another outpouring of the Spirit before the second coming of Christ. Repent ye therefore and be converted, 
that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Acts 3.19 As in the Holy Land, the early rain was to prepare the soil for seed sowing, and the latter rain to ripen the grain. So the early outpouring of the Spirit at Pentecost prepared the world for the extensive sowing of the gospel seed, and the final outpouring of the latter rain comes to ripen the grain for the harvest of the earth. We need to preach, to scatter Bibles, to help the sick, to go as messengers of Christ to other lands, to proclaim the gospel on the radio. We need to do all this, but there is more that we should do. We should pray for the latter rain. Here's the word of Zechariah. Ask ye the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. So the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone grass in the field. Zechariah 10, 1. You remember the words of the old song? There shall be showers of blessing. Send them upon us, O Lord. Grant to us now a refreshing come. And now honor thy word. There shall be showers of blessing, precious reviving again, o'er the hills and the valleys sound of abundance of rain. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling. But for the showers we plead, there shall be showers of blessing, oh, that today they might fall. Now as to God we're confessing, now as on Jesus we call, showers of blessing, Showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling. But for the showers we plead. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. We read in 1 Corinthians 12, 13. All born-again Christians, as you notice here, have the Holy Spirit. But not all believers are filled with the Spirit. Peter was filled with the Spirit for definite service on three different occasions. You read in Acts 2, Acts 4. Stephen was a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, Acts 6, 5. He was filled with the Spirit, and as a result, the work of God increased, you remember, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. When Stephen was filled with the Spirit, he was full of faith. And how we do need faith today. No man can be a doubter when he's filled with the Spirit. All the argument and logic and dialectics and apologetics in the world will leave an unbelieving heart cold and unresponsive. In fact, maybe harder than before. But the plain declarations of the Word of God are used by the Spirit to cut deep and bring conviction. For faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10:17. In Acts 6, 8, we read that Stephen, when filled with the Spirit, was full of power. If there ever was a need for power in Christian lives and Christian preaching, it's today. Power to break bad habits, power to live pure lives, power to witness for Christ, 
power to break hard hearts, power to carry the gospel to the world. In Acts 13:52, we read the disciples at Antioch were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. You can't be unhappy when you're filled with the Spirit. A number of years ago, a five-story hotel was being built in Benton Harbor, Michigan. It was a credit to the town. People were glad to see it go up. But suddenly it began to crumble. Within two days, it was just a heap of dust which had to be removed with shovels. What caused this strange happening? Well, there's a law of nature that concrete will not stick together unless it's kept above a certain temperature while it's setting. The builders of the hotel had failed to observe this law. And, friend, it's a law of God that no character will stand unless it's built at the temperature of the Holy Spirit. It's the same with the church. Many a church has crumbled to dust because it was not built in the warmth of divine love. There are seven symbols of the Holy Spirit, wind, water, wine, fire, dove, seal, oil, all picturing the perfect work of the Spirit. There are no less than seven words used in the New Testament alone to set forth the mission and ministry of the Holy Spirit in relation to the believer, the gift, the sealing, the indwelling, the earnest, the anointing, the baptism, and the filling of the Spirit. How important it is for us to share the blessings provided by God himself in the Holy Spirit. It is our privilege to walk in the Spirit, Galatians 5:16. We are to be led by the Spirit, Romans 8:14. And the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, Romans 8:16. The Holy Spirit is a teacher and a guide. Jesus said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. He shall glorify me. John 16, 12. Notice the Spirit guides into truth, not error. Always in harmony with the Scriptures, because the Scriptures are written by men inspired by the Holy Ghost. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. 2 Peter 1, 21. And our holy comforter not only guides into truth, but convicts of sin. John 16, 8. When he has come, he will reprove the world of sin. This convicting power may be exercised in a quiet, almost unobserved way or in a different sort of a way. As an instance of the latter dramatic public manner, we remember the story told by John S. Lull of the conversion of his father, DeLoss Lull, and others during the great Millerite awakening in the winter of 1841. His grandfather, William Lull, was conducting a protracted meeting in a schoolhouse at Wyndham, New York. But during the first six weeks, there were only two converts. Things were going slow, and one night some of the young men gathered in a tailor shop talking about the meeting. One of them, Oren P. Matthews, said, Boys, you like to hear Miller's sermon on the judgment? Several answered, Yes, Oren, let's have it. Being quite a speaker, and having read the sermon not long before, he mounted a chair and began to imitate the well-known preacher. He had not gone far when he noticed that the tailor's helper, who was sitting in a corner of the room doing some overtime work, had stopped for sitting with bowed head. Matthews paused and said, Cows, are you under conviction? If so, I'll pray for you. He jumped from the chair, knelt down, and started to pray. After two or three sentences, he stopped and began to tremble like a leaf. The other boys thought he was sick, asked what the trouble was, but he made no reply, so they took him home. Next morning, several of his friends came to inquire about him. He said, Boys, as I was making that mock prayer, suddenly conviction of my sins and lost condition came on me. I was filled with fear and trembling, and I couldn't speak a word. Boys, I'm under conviction. Let's go up to the schoolhouse and go forward to the penitent form. They went to the meeting, but failed to go forward. So after meeting... Went back to the tailor's shop, locked the door, got down on their knees, and prayed until the neighbors heard them. There in the shop that night, three were converted. The next evening, the whole group went to the schoolhouse and confessed Christ publicly, and a great revival spread all through that region. 
three of these young men, including Matthews, entered the ministry. The first of the group to find a light was also the youngest. He was the son of the preacher at the schoolhouse, Delos Love. The Spirit not only convicts of sin, but will show us things to come through the inspired prophecies of the Bible. The Spirit glorifies Christ, presents His words to our hearts in their true meaning. And the fruit of the Spirit in the life is joy and peace and love and long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance. Are we walking in the Spirit? If not, why not? There are just two classes of persons in the world today. Some are dead in trespasses and sins, careless, godless Christians. This is soul death. Others are alive to God in righteousness and true holiness. So, friend, I ask you, are you dead or alive? I do not ask of you the intellect of St. Paul or the gifts of St. John, but do you have a well-founded hope that you're a new creature in Christ Jesus? Are you dead or alive? Oh, friend, do not be in doubt about the indwelling of the Spirit in your life. The fruits of the Spirit will be shown if the Holy Spirit is there. Do not rest until you've said it. A mistake about your soul is a mistake for eternity. And so, friend, at this hour we plead with you, turn to God. Christian friend, are you living a careless, powerless life? Do you desire to be filled with the Spirit for cleansing and service? Then come to Christ. Did not Jesus say that the Heavenly Father is willing to give the Holy Spirit? To them that ask him, then why not ask? O thou that hearest prayer, attend our humble cry, and let thy servants share thy blessing from on high. We plead the promise of thy word. Grant us thy Holy Spirit, Lord. Amen. Friend, will you give your heart to Christ just now? Open your heart to him and say, Lord, pour out thy spirit upon me. Drive sin from my heart. Forgive my sins in Christ's name. And fill me with that blessed Holy Spirit. I'll do anything, Lord, to have this experience, anything, Lord, to be thine only child in blessed truth.
And friend, that song should be the language of every heart. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. And God promises in Joel 2, 28, to pour out his Spirit upon all flesh. Have you, dear friend, received the Spirit of God? Remember the words of Paul, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And so it is urgent that we do receive the gift of the Spirit. Indeed, we cannot be saved nor transformed unless we are born of the Spirit. If you hear the voice of the Spirit calling to you now to come to Christ, will you not respond today? Have faith in God, whoever you may be. Have faith in God on land and on the sea. Have faith in God. He cares for you and me. Have faith, dear friend, in God. Oh, safe to the rock that is higher than I, my soul in its conflicts and sorrows would fly. So simple, so weary, unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.